Hi, thank you so much for listening in on another episode of Notes Black High, the podcast, where we do our absolute very best to foster healthy minds and children through positive interactions with the adults around them, which includes parents, their teachers, principals, their doctors even, their therapists, all of that because they deserve to have positive interactions with everyone around them. And maybe that sounds a little unrealistic, but I'm going to continue to educate. So if this is your first time here, my name is Kaya Avi, and um, I am a therapist, licensed clinical social worker, mental health coach, and educator. And let's jump right in. <laughs> so if you are following me on TikTok and or Instagram, which you should be following on both, at Notes by Kaya, super easy to find. Um, but I posted a TikTok video and a reel recently that talked about, you know, I was really thinking about why mindful parenting is so rejected in particularly the black community. Um, and so I was going through all the things in my head, like, okay, what kind of things really made them say, oh, that's why people suffer, or, you know, whatever, because that's also what you hear when you talk about mindful parenting or what I hear a lot of times. And so one thing that I, that really stood out in my mind was, you know, we used to be in the store and, you see, usually as a white family, we're not judging over here. I'm just saying, like, that's usually what happened. And they're like, no, mom, I'm not going to do that. And the mom's just like, okay, Billy, like, you know, whatever. Super passive um, and allowing the child really to run the show. And I think that is what a lot of people think about when they think mindful parenting. But that is not mindful parenting. That is simply parenting without boundaries. So while we also are having a lot of conversations just in the mental health self-care world about boundaries, and a lot of people are starting to learn what they are, how to enforce them, and all of that, which it is still very much in a struggle place. But I wanted to talk about how boundaries apply in parenting because that is a very big deal. So we're going to talk about how you can enforce your own boundaries as well as respecting your kids' boundaries and why that's important as well. So let's get started. All right, so we're going to use just the self-care example because that's really the easiest um, <laughs> to to do at the time. And I think it'll make it a lot more simple. But understand that boundaries can really be set in anything, really. Um, so let's say you need an extra 30 minutes to yourself in the day. Actually, let's just do five. Because really, when you are first starting this, um, it is pro- you're probably going to have to work your time up, especially with something like self-care and things like that until your children really get used to it, because this is going to be new for them as well. You'll probably need to start small and then grow bigger as they begin to learn because you don't want to overwhelm them. You don't want to send them into anxiety or panic or any of those things because that's not mindful parenting either. So first thing that you need to do is make it clear 
what your boundaries are. And a lot of people don't like the, oh, I'm going to tell you why and all of that. But it can be very helpful. One, because you're teaching them a lot of different lessons in that moment. One, you're kind of easing their anxiety because it can really feel like you're just abandoning me. You know, when someone doesn't tell you, so say you're throwing this big birthday party and your best friend says, I can't come, but gives no other explanation. Now, I understand that we're also in this no is a complete sentence world and all of that. And we think we don't owe anybody an explanation, but it's just not right. You know, it could be that um, you don't have the money to go. It could be that a family member is sick. It could be that you're in the middle of a depression and are physically just not able to pull yourself together enough to go. But your friend is left to make her own assumptions about why. And of course, it's going to be, well, you don't care about my birthday and because it's not about you and da, 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 like all these other things, right? But when you take the time, when your friend takes the time to say, hey, you know what? I'm really not feeling good. Like I'm really struggling or this family member is really sick and I need to go check on them. Then they'll be like, oh, okay. If they're your best friend, if they are a true friend, they should be like, Okay, I understand. Let me know if you need anything, right? But when you just decide, I'm just not going or I'm not going to tell them the reason, they are left to their own devices. And it's the same thing with children. When you don't explain why, they are left to create their own things in their heads. So as I'm saying that, I'm thinking about all the things that happen with my parents right and to me I'm seeing it one way I'm like oh they just didn't care they did this whatever whatever and they're like no this is what happened well you could have explained that (laughs) from the beginning because it made me feel this certain way about you and about the situation and now I'm having to do all this therapy and processing when really you could have just said why right So you are easing that anxiety and giving them a reason without making them feel any abandonment or anything like that and making up in their own mind what the reason is. The second part of that is helping them develop those language skills when they need time or when they need to set a boundary. So, and you're teaching them about what boundaries are, all of that all in one. Because if I say, hey, um, mom is going to need to take five minutes to herself. You know, sometimes you get really overwhelmed or it's just a lot going on and you just need a minute. And typically they're like, yeah, sometimes I just need a minute, you know, whatever. Or you can put it like when you really need a nap or, you know, whatever it is on an age appropriate level, they, in words that they can understand, you are connecting the dots for them to where they understand why this is important to you, for you and for them. Because you, I would also throw in there, this helps me to be a better mommy for you, okay? When I get my break, I still love you. I don't necessarily need a break from you, but I just need to breathe sometimes, okay? I just need a second. Well, then you are also creating that language. And this is another part of this is 
if they will use the same language on you. So you have to be prepared to accept that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about respecting their boundaries, because that's important as well. But when you do that, you're kind of setting it up to where it'll go better. Because if you don't do that and you just go in the room, close the door, don't respond to them, they're going to come banging on the door. Mommy, what's wrong? What's going on? Da, 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 da. And you're not going to get that five minutes. Okay. And then you're going to be even more irritable, more frustrated, all of those things, because now you not only did not get the five minutes of peace that you were looking for, but it has added another stressor on top of that, which is that they won't let you. So when you have those conversations, it will go over a lot more smoothly. Um, And understand that this is going to take time. For them to get used to and that's regardless of age right and a lot of times we expect that oh when they're 16 or whatever that they should just get it but really if for 16 years you have not been setting these boundaries it's really even harder because it's like you ain't never done this before why are you doing it now right so taking remembering that it will take time for you to get used to, for them to get used to, because enforcing boundaries is not easy. It can be very hard. A lot of times, especially as a mom, you feel guilty, um, especially if they're knocking on the door or whatever, and you're having to ignore them or whatever. And so it, it will take some time for you as well. But the longer you do it, the more firm and consistent that you are, it'll get easier. So one suggestion that I have, particularly for that situation, is set a timer. So if you plan to go in the room for five minutes, I would actually set the timer at like five minutes and 30 seconds. That way you get the full five minutes to do whatever you need to do, whether that's shower, meditate, sit in silence, listen to music, whatever you need to do. And then you have that 30 seconds to come back and regroup and be and get ready to go back out. Okay. So, because as soon as that five minutes hits, you're like, oh, wait, I wasn't ready. But if you have that 30 seconds to prepare your mind, okay, we're about to go back out here. It's going to be fine. Breathe. All right, done. Now, so I will set a timer on your side and where the kids can see. So put a timer on their iPad or if they know how to tell time on a regular clock or whatever that needs to look like. That way you get that full time and they begin to learn what that means. Especially with younger kids, they don't understand what five minutes is. They think two seconds is five minutes, right? It seems like a long time for them. But if you set the timer to where they can look at it, they also have visualization. They have something else that they can focus on rather than being at your door the whole time. They can look at this timer and say, okay, this is when this goes off, then we can go to mommy. Now understand, as soon as it goes off, they're running right to you. So just be prepared for that. But that's why I say give yourself the extra 30 seconds so that you can regroup and be ready to go back into your role as mommy or daddy because dads need this as well. So another part of that is be ready to tell them more than once. We want to be able to just, okay, I'm going to here for five minutes and that's it. No. Uh, or whatever other boundaries there are that you're setting in place. So that might mean 
the boundary is when we go in the store, we are only getting these certain items that are on the list. Now, talking about teaching them lessons at the same time, because we're thinking about more than just this current moment, mindful parenting, that's what it is. Thinking beyond today, beyond this moment into how does this affect their future, right? So you can explain on an age-appropriate level, we have to stick to a list because we have to be good stewards of our money. We have to budget or whatever other um, different things or reasons that you have because you are teaching them life lessons, life skills in the same moment, right? Because life skills don't necessarily have to be a formal sit-down lesson, but it's the little things that you teach along the way, right? So you want to go into the store and them not ask for anything else that's not on the list. But you set the boundary. You will probably have to remind them, but it's okay. You don't have to get upset about it. Just remember, we're only getting what? And they'll say the things on the list. Okay, is that on the list? No. Okay, so we have to move on, right? Eventually, they will get it to where you don't have to keep repeating yourself, but you have to be patient and also focus on regulating your own emotions because really a lot of times that's where that comes out or what makes it difficult is because you're getting frustrated, you're getting angry, you're getting anxious, all these different things. Like I told you a million times, we're not getting nothing else in the store. But when you regulate your own emotions, you can respond to them in a much more positive manner that helps them to learn the lesson and follow your boundaries and stick to them. So regulate your own emotions and stay firm and stay consistent. Um, but also understand that it's not about control. It's about balance, right? So this is not your time to exert power. That's not what boundaries are. And a lot of people, when they begin when they begin enforcing these boundaries that they've come up with, it is mean. It's in a very, very mean way. Like, um, I don't know. It just it's not kind. <laughs> But it doesn't have to be that way. Boundaries can be stated in a way that doesn't hurt anyone else. And what we think is, no, I'm just, this is my boundary and that's it. And we want to just leave it there. But we got to kind of have some empathy in that and think about the other person as well. And I know in this culture, like I said, this no is a complete sentence and all of that. It's very much like I don't have to explain anything to you. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. But understand if you care about that other person, you want to also make it as easy for them as possible as well. So you don't have to do it in a mean and rude way. You can just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, we can talk about your feelings about it. That's fine. But this is where I am, right? Or even I'm not quite ready to talk about this with you. We maybe can in a different space or a different time or whatever that needs to be. But this is where I am right now. And it doesn't have to be mean or hurtful. 
Now, on the other side of that is sometimes it will be hurtful. And you're not necessarily responsible for their feelings on the other side of it. But just be a caring person, right? Like, that's all. Just be considerate and empathetic. Um, So, yeah, this is not about exerting your power. It is about balance for you, for them, so that you can live a much more fulfilling life and have more joy in parenting to where it doesn't have to be so stressful all the time. Now, the hard part is <laughs> respecting their boundaries as well. And just just stick with me, okay? There are a few different reasons why it is important but also helpful and necessary for you to allow your children to have their own boundaries and for you to respect them. Out of anybody else in the world, you should be the one to respect them because other people in the outside world may not care about their boundaries, but you're their parent. So they should be able to get that from you. Okay. Um, One benefit of this is you will get so much more respect from them when you allow them some ownership okay ownership over their thoughts their body their actions even in the home so let's take this for example chores chores tend to be a really big thing they won't do it they won't listen they don't do it when I tell them to all those different things but at the same time, if you're one of those parents that this is my house and you don't own nothing, and if you're one of those, good luck, honey. But when you allow them some ownership, then you will get that back. You will get that respect back. And here's what I mean. So if you're telling them all the time, this is not yours, this don't belong to you, this my house, it's my money, this my door, da, da, da. you don't get to close your door because it's mine, all of that. Then you want to say, go clean your room. Well, I thought that was your room, why don't you clean it, right? And that sounds mad disrespectful, right? But that's really the thought process. I know that was for sure mine. Like, okay, well, you do it then, right? If this is all yours and you the king of the castle, Clean it up, right? But when you allow some ownership and you're teaching, hear me, teaching lessons along the way, teaching responsibility. So then you can say, hey, your room, it needs to be clean and we take good care of our stuff, right? You see that the rest of the house is nice and clean. Now, if it's not, you might need to find some other things to say, but... We want to take care of our stuff, okay? Giving ownership will give more of that and they will be more willing to take care of it. So I was listening, I was talking to somebody the other day and he was saying how one of his relatives, like when she was a kid, uh, her parents gave her a car. She really didn't take care of it. But then when she bought her own, oh, she was definitely taking care of it because it was hers. That ownership It's a certain pride that comes with that, right? So you also, and I believe in natural consequences, y'all know this, 
um, bring it back on them. Like, hey, you want friends to come over? Well, they don't want to come to a dirty, stinky room. So clean it up, right? You want to present your absolute best self, right? Now, if you have a child like Ma, she got a smart-ass mouth, and she's going to say something like, well, why do I have to be fake? They should just love me for who I am, da 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 the same kind of shit that I would say, <laughs> right? So um, they might come back with something like that, but it's like, okay, all right, if that's your choice, if your friends start making fun of you, now you may never hear it. They may talk about you behind your back, about how stinky your room was, but you have the opportunity to eliminate that, right? So put it back on them to have that responsibility and they will do much, much, much better with it. And, you know, we oftentimes I hear that parents believe that just because you're a parent, you automatically deserve respect. But then you go out into the world and say, respect is earned, not given. Those two don't really match up. The math ain't mathing. So you are not necessarily owed respect just because of who you are. You earn it still. Now, they might automatically love you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have respect for you. Because would you respect a person talking to you crazy or any of that? No, absolutely not. Right? So at work, you're supposed to respect your boss. You're supposed to be respectful towards them. But if they're constantly yelling at you and fussing at you all the time and talking to you crazy and all that, are you very likely to do that and to respect them? No. So it's kind of the same thing. It is the same thing. And it's crazy because my dad used to ask me all the time or say most of the time it was a statement. It wasn't really a question for me to answer. But sometimes he would form it in the way of a question, do you respect me? Or really it was, you don't respect me, do you? Now, I would be like, yeah, I mean, of course I do. But really I didn't. Because there's no way I can have respect for a person that's treating me like this, that is making me feel this certain type of way about them or even myself. Um... You just don't get respect that way. And when I feel like you're not respecting me and you don't give two rats behinds about me, why, where is the respect coming from, right? So in this process, you're also building relationship. And that is absolutely key to pretty much everything in mindful parenting, okay? So... If you give them some ownership, you will get more respect out of it. So some other ways that this might come up is, oh, you aren't going to close your door. Knock on a door, especially for teenagers. I know you want to say they don't own nothing. They don't have no business. They don't have no privacy because they're a child. But think about when you were growing up and your body was growing and changing and so many things were so confusing to you. Just that one simple thing, respecting them as a human, right? I get it. It's your house. We know. You you don't have to remind us. But just... Taking the time to, hey, I'm answering, okay? 
And that is teaching them to do the same for other people, right? Because you're, again, teaching life skills. When you, when they see that they are respected, they can give that same respect back to others, including you, yourself, okay? Um, another part of that is, um, you know, when they don't want to talk about something, when they're not ready to have a conversation. So I was watching uh, Medea's Homecoming on Netflix, which I actually kind of liked. Um, <laughs> a lot of people said they didn't like it, but... To me, it was pretty cool. It was, you know, one of the better, more recent ones. And they're having a conversation. Now, she's having a conversation with another adult that is staying in her house. And she's like, I don't really want to talk about this right now. Well, Medea's answer, like many black folks, which is why I was there, was, well, this is my house and I want you to talk about it. Huh? Hold on. So, y'all know how much... That triggered me and how upset I was hearing that. And I was like, wait, what? No. But here's the thing. You might get a much more open conversation when you allow them to come to you when they're ready. And the same thing goes for when y'all are in a heated conversation already and talking about something that might be hard. And they say, you know what? Can we take a break? From this conversation because that's what you want them to do you want them to calm down you don't want them to start yelling and all of that you want them to be able to take space to regulate their emotions and you probably need to do the same for yours and then come back so that it can be respectful and healthy conversation and not anything else so it's kind of the same thing if they're not ready you can set the boundary okay this is what we're talking about. You can set the boundary and say, okay, we do need to talk about this at some point. This is not a conversation that we can just not have. And it's important to me to hear you. And I hope that it's important to you to hear me as well. But I really want to hear you. So we have to have this conversation. I will respect your time and for when you're ready. But we can't just let this go over because it's going to build up or it's going to cause these different issues or whatever, right? So once again, explaining the why to teach them, okay? So now you might say, it doesn't necessarily have to be today, right? If you're not ready, let's talk tomorrow. Or, you know, if you're ready before tomorrow, I'm open. That's good. That's fine. By the end of the week, we need to have had this conversation, Okay, because we can't just sweep that under the rug. It's not responsible. It's not healthy. And it, it's just something that we have to do. And it might not be comfortable for either one of us, but it's important that we do. Okay. And that also is showing them that you care about their feelings. And they are going, again, give you so much more respect for that when you do that. So just... Allowing them that space and time to do that. So um, demonstrate that you're that you are open and that, and they will come to you. Be mindful of your responses. Um, with my parents, I really shut down. I stopped telling them things because of the way that their reactions were. It always would come bite me in the butt later. 
or at the same time. And so I would test them. And I know you testing your parents. Did it. Yes, I did. And your kids will too. But I would tell them certain things to see what happens when I tell them the truth. Right? So then they would react in a certain way. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. So now I got to go back to being sneaky and to doing things behind their back, which I didn't want to. I felt like, especially with small things that didn't really have to be that big of a deal, right? So, for instance, a boy that I was interested in, or and they knew, they knew very well. Um, but we were talking, dating. My parents didn't believe that I was quite ready for dating yet because they thought I need to have this definition and all these other things before I could do that when it really wasn't that serious. We was just 13. So, um, <laughs> but because of their reactions and I want to hang out with him, well, I'm going to test you and see what would you say if I asked you this? Could he hang out with me or can we hang out together or whatever? And so they, they didn't pass the test. <laughs> So, you know, you get the group of friends together and, hey, my friend's about to be here. You should come out. Then, you know, whatever. And the thing that killed me, because this is a true story, y'all, um, is that his mom brought him and knew that he was coming to hang out with me. And I was like, dang, why my parents can't just be like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why does it have to be such a big thing all the time? But their responses reinforce what I feel like I need to do to get by. And I'm not excusing lying or any of that, but I'm just saying the way that you respond, if you want an honest child, <laughs> um, watch your responses. Be a little bit more open, and that will definitely help you. And be respectful of their boundaries, and it'll be fine. You can have this great open relationship to where they will come talk to you because it's going to be super important when something bad happens. And I hate to put it like that because we don't want to just think about the negative. But when something negative happens, you want them to come to you. And if you always are shutting them down or, you know, all these different things, then that's not what's going to happen. Okay. So, as you are respecting their boundaries, they also are learning to respect yours. And once again, it is about balance. Because here's the thing, and why boundaries is such a big thing in this self-care talk, and really just in general, is because we weren't taught them. We weren't allowed to have them. Because, oh, you're a child. You don't have no boundaries. You don't have a place to live, like... You are, basically, you got the breath in your body, and that's it, right? But what does that really do to a person, you know? When it's like, that's all that I have. I don't have any ownership over anything. But what that does is that ignites behavioral issues, okay? That causes them to try to gain control in something, so that might be acting out or being sneaky or whatever. But they're like, no, I'm going to get control here somewhere because I feel out of control. 
right? Which we do the same thing as adults. So now, because as children, we weren't allowed to have that. We weren't taught it. Our parents really didn't have them either. Um, Or not appropriately and in a healthy way. They didn't demonstrate that to us. Then now we're adults and people are just running all over us. We don't know how to handle it. We go to all these extremes and that's where like the meanness comes in. As I feel like I have to go all the way to the left in order to set this boundary when really it didn't have to be all that. It could be a simple conversation where we respect each other, where we respect the other person as well and care about how does this make them feel. Now you can't, like I said, be responsible for the way that they feel, but you can hold your own responsibility as far as the way that you present something. Okay. So in that, um, we are teaching a lot of lessons that a lot of us are having to learn in adulthood. And it sucks so much more in adulthood. Um, it feels so unnatural. Um, I know that for me, I've been working with my therapist a whole lot about boundaries and what that means. And, you know, that upbringing comes out and it's like, I don't feel like I can tell them that. I don't feel like I can just not respond to a message. I don't, all these things, because, you know, with my parents, is you're going to do what I said, do when I told you to do it, right? So then with other people, it's the same, but there's this pressure like, wait, I'm not ready to respond. I'm not ready to do this. And, you know, it brings up that anxiety. And I'll add this as the last thing. And I think I've talked about this a couple of times, but a part of respecting their boundaries as well and just respecting them as people is they don't necessarily have to do what you said do right when you said do it. So think about this. You don't work weekends, okay? But your boss tells you, I need to do this right now. Now, it's Saturday afternoon. You're chilling with your family. Uh, No, I'm going to do that on Monday, right? Because I need a break. <laughs> like, because that's part of having boundaries is this time is family time. I'm not doing it. And I'm not going to throw away my family for this job. So, um, now some of you may not be to that point yet. You might be like, no, I'm just going to do it because they told me to. Well, let's learn some boundaries (laughs) and your boss will have to learn to respect them or they will lose you. So we like to think, oh, kids, all they do is go to school. They don't have no real responsibilities, but sometimes school is hard. School can be hard and you got teachers, peers, um, Even coming home to you, all that is a lot sometimes, and they need breaks as well. So you want them to go from doing schoolwork all day, dealing with all that, whatever happened at school. Y'all kids see a lot. I've worked in schools, and they see a whole lot. Elementary on up, it doesn't stop. They see fights. They see kids cussing out the teachers. They see all kinds of stuff. So then you want them to come home, do homework, which homework is a whole other conversation, but you want them to do homework and then do all the chores, but you don't want to give them time to be on a game. And 
we talk about connection and oh you need to be connected with real people those are real people you sit here on Facebook with people that you may not know for real that you've never met in real life and you build friendships with them or whatever sometimes so it's the same for them that kids are not really on Facebook so just give them some time you can set up those warnings and that's what else I wanted to say even with you know, your five minutes to yourself is give them time, right? So reminders throughout the day. Mommy is going to have to take a break, okay? I'm going to do this after we eat lunch. And so throughout the day, okay, eat your lunch. Mommy's going to go in here in just a little bit, okay? What are the rules? We're reinforcing them. We're getting them to say them, to see if they understand, all of that. It can be the same thing with their chores. It doesn't have to be instant. It might be, hey, before you go to bed, I need these dishes clean. Now, where another boundary for you comes in is if they don't get it done before they go to sleep, there might be another natural consequence. And that might be, okay, well, you don't have no, you don't get to eat until the dishes are clean or um, you don't have any clean dishes. You're going to have to clean your own in order to eat. Or, okay, now we're going to move the time up. So instead of just before you go to bed, by 7 o'clock they need to be done. Then you can gradually push it back again once they start doing what you've asked them to do. However, kind of giving them that warning, let them have that decompression time. You know, kids have a lot of things going there in their mind. Like even now, this war that's going on with Ukraine and Russia, even for me, looking at it online and just seeing all the posts on it is overwhelming. It's scary. It makes my anxiety go up. And I have to take a break from that. Well, now they're teaching it at school. They're talking about it at school. And that is a hard topic. And so even though they may not be able to vocalize to you that it's affecting them or even realize that those kinds of things are affecting them, it could be. So just, hey, okay, I'm going to give you an hour, hour and a half, two hours on the game, and then I need you to do this or whatever. Like, it's okay. So, and letting them just chill out. Like, so many parents are like, get up. You're not doing nothing. I need you to go do something productive for what? If their chores are done, or even if they just need to relax a little bit before they do it. Like, that is natural human behavior. It doesn't just change when you become an adult. So, those things are important as well. Um... Just something to consider. Okay. All right. So thank you so much. This is where we depart. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please share um, on social media. Tag me when you share it. Have other people listening. Um, I have a goal of how many listeners I would like to have by the end of the year. And I am able to do that only through your help. So um 
podcast, please share. Let me know if there's any other topics or questions you would like me to answer. You can do that by emailing podcast at nosebotkaya.com. You can also work with me individually um, and you can go to notesbykai.com and schedule a discovery call with me, notesbykai.com slash services, um, and choose the healthy family services or whichever one matches what your needs are and book a discovery call with me and we can talk about how I can work with you, how I can help you, because that's really what this is about. Um, it's, you know, I just really want to help families transform the way that they see each other, the way they interact with each other, because I really believe that things can be different. And if I can help make that happen in any kind of way, that's what I want to do. So, um, do that for me. You can also support the show. There'll be a little button, um, that says donate to the show or whatever. Um, and that way I can continue to give you great episodes. I can get more listeners. I can get better equipment instead of this equipment that has made me re-record this whole thing twice and all of that. So, um, yeah, please do that. If you're not able to find the button, you can always just send a cash app, Nosebakaya, and help the show to really grow. Because that's what I'm all about. And that helps Notes Bakaya as a whole grow as well. So anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you next time.